my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am bringing you just a random episode. Well, it's not just, it may be random to you, but it holds a special place in my heart just because it's like the only episode I taped up for the television in the 90s. <laughs> Of course, that episode I'm referring to is Season 7, Episode 6, entitled Smash Club, The Next Generation, which aired on October 19th, 1993. In this episode, Jesse is surprised to learn that he has inherited an old nightclub where his band used to play. But he soon learns that reopening the rundown building for a new generation takes more than just good ideas. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, do I have a lot of things to say about what Jesse does and the way he goes about them. The plot B of this episode centers around Michelle with Nikki and Alex and her kind of abusing her... She's pretty much turning them into her little servants. Which I think that's what Danny says to her when he uh, confronts her and... Becky also confronts her, which Michelle's been a number of things, you know, a lot of definitely spoiled, very spoiled. She can be bratty, and she is no doubt very bratty in this episode. Why Nikki and Alex don't hold a grudge against her for life, I, I mean, they're two, so they can easily forget things and move on. What I'm thinking about, this reminds me of the episode where she just wants the boys to leave her alone. They're like four. Oh, that's right. That's the, um, that's the season eight, episode 10 of, uh, under the influence episode. I'll definitely, I'll be covering that during my serious episodes series, but I just thought this one here, it's just, it's crazy bonkers. When we see the smash club, I mean, we've seen, Remember the episode, I'm There For You, Babe, where he has to perform at the Smash Club? And then he also performs at the Smash Club in the last episode that I recently did, which was Season 5's Matchmaker Michelle. That's right, they're at the Smash Club. So in this version of the Smash Club, I mean, between Season 5 and Season 7, acts like it hasn't been touched since the late eight to mid-80s. Like, what happened here? This episode's got a 6.6 out of 10 rating based on 155 ratings. Let's see, do we have any? Oh, we do. We do. Julie Payne is playing Eleanor Cook. And I'm not going to reveal her other name because that is going to be a surprise. But this other name is what I refer to her when I see Julie Payne in other Things, especially the Wonder Years. She's, she plays Kevin Arnold's teacher for a couple episodes. She is currently still alive. Her birthday is oh, September 11th. Oh my gosh, did she do a voice 
in Garfield and Friends? Oh my gosh. Oh, she was in American Wedding. Oh, she was in Misery? Oh my gosh. What else has she done? She was in the Brady Bunch movie, Mrs. Simmons. I can't think of who that would be. Oh, she was a neighbor. She was a neighbor of the Bradys. It says here she did the voice of Dr. Liz Wilson on Garfield and Friends, so she did the voice of the... I can, I can picture that in my head. I can definitely picture that in my head. Oh, she was also in Monkey Trouble. That's right, she played the... She played... I want to cover that movie for the podcast, because that's an adorable movie. Yeah, she played the librarian when, um... The girl, uh, Thora Birch's character... What's her, is her name Danny in that one? It's Eva. It's Eva. She goes into the library because she wants to learn about this monkey. And she can't pronounce the name. It's a capuchin monkey. And she says cappuccino. And the librarian's like, oh, aren't you a little too young to be drinking that? Because uh, Thora Birch's character is like 11. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the monkey just pops up right on Eva's shoulder. <laughs> All right, this episode was directed by John Tracy, writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Carolyn Omini. I'm sure I mispronounced your name, Carolyn. I'm sorry. John Tracy also directed 47 episodes of Family Matters. Five episodes of Boy Meets World, really. Let's see what they are. Let's see. Oh, he directed the pilot of Boy Meets World? And... Four episodes of season three of Boy Meets World. My Best Friend's Girl, Hometown Hero, New Friends and Old, and A Kiss is More Than a Kiss. He directed 13 episodes of Step by Step, and Full House, he directed 26 episodes. Uh, season six, Birthday Blues, Please Don't Touch the Dinosaur, Subterranean Bl Graduation Blues, Grand, uh, Grand Gift Auto. Season 7, It Was a Dark and Stormy Night, The Apartment, Wrong Way Tanner, Fast Friends, Smash Club, The Next Generation, High Anxiety, Prying Game, The Bicycle Thief, The Perfect Couple, The Test, Joey's Funny Valentine, The Last Dance. Oh, he directed The Last Dance? Oh my gosh. I'm going to ball my ass out when I get to that episode. Uh, Michelle a la carte. <coughs> Kissing Cousins. Too Little Richard Tooley. Stephanie's Wild Ride. Under the Influence. Well, a lot of good ones. Arrest Ye Merry Gentlemen. DJ's Choice. We Got the Beat. Taking the Plunge and Up on the Roof. You know, I'm gonna be honest here. There are definitely some in Season 8, even some in Season 7, that are just... Gugh. Like, DJ's Choice is one of those. It's just not good at all. Up on the Roof, that's another one. DJ-centric episode. It's all about DJ wanting to play a prank in her senior year because she's always been such a goody-goody and she all of a sudden wants to uh, divert that path. Like, just once, I want to do something that people will remember. John Tracy also directed uh, 134 episodes of Growing Pains, three episodes of the short-lived show Uncle Buck, which did not star John Candy. All right, first let's go to the trivia. There's only one. Joey getting his head stuck in the bar is a tribute to a gag in the 1937 Laurel and Hardy film Way Out West. Coulier, much like the character he plays, is a big fan of Laurel and Hardy. That's true. There are, I think there's a couple little stuffed, like, plush 
like kind of like the Popeye, Popeye and olive oil dolls. There's an or a Laurel and Hardy doll, I think, also in th his basement apartment. Here's a goof. When Joey's head gets stuck in the counter, a gray paint stain suddenly appears on his neck near his jaw. All right, let's go to the reviews. Of course, the first by the ever faithful Power Man Dan gives us a 9 out of 10, titling it Making Jesse's Own Pad. Why does that make me think of the Brady Bunch? Like, hey, I really need my own pad. Uh, this was published March 30th, 2019, so just over a year. All right, this is short and sweet, guys. It's been a while since the Smash Club was mentioned. Now it will get talked about regularly. That's right, because after he opened, you know, once he eventually opens it, after he gets the remodel done and the renovations done, then it's going to be a little hot spot for people to hang out. Mainly the Tanners. <laughs> the Smash Club is where Jesse became the rockin', girl-chasing, leather-wearing we all know. It educated him on music. That and the radio station he works at. So when the owner of the club passes away, he leaves the Smash Club to Jesse. The catch. He needs to fix the place up and make sure it is up to code. Guys, remember that word code it's gonna come back it's gonna be very very heavily mentioned in the later half of this episode this is the first part in jesse's attempt to revamp his old hangout stay tuned for its reopening <laughs> that's right all right of course taylor kingston reviews this episode giving it ooh, this is a <laughs> this is four out of ten Titling it The One with the Smash Club, which was published on September 27th, 2015. Warning spoilers. So if you haven't watched this episode in a while, get on your Hulu, break out your DVDs, and watch Smash Club The Next Generation. This is going to be a play on like Star Trek The Next Generation. I really don't give any cares about this episode whatsoever. It really... It doesn't really interest me, and I could take it or I could leave it. It's definitely one of my least favorite episodes from the series. Yes, you, um, Taylor, have made that very, very clear that you don't like this episode. And the fact that you gave it a 4 out of 10 makes me wonder, why, Taylor, why are you reviewing this if you really, I mean, <laughs> we get it. You don't like it. Um... <laughs> uh. One of my least favorite episodes from the series and is one of my lowest rated episodes from any show I've ever reviewed. Really? Because I could think of a couple episodes of Full House from season 8 that are just... <laughs> no, thank you. In this episode, Jesse learns that he has inherited the Smash Club, an old night club where his band used to play. Speaking of his band... Oh, his band is still with him. <laughs> the Rippers are still there. They must have abandoned Barry Williams between the end of Full House and the start of Fuller House because they called the Rippers like, hey, Jesse needs you. And it's like, well, where's the hot daddy and the monkey puppets? What happened to them? They clearly disbanded. <laughs> All right. I guess once a Ripper, always a Ripper. <laughs> All right, now I lost my place. He's happy until he learns that the building has become quite run down and that to open it for a new generation, it will take 
a lot more than good ideas. You know what? It'll actually take someone who um, knows about bringing things up to code, not the number of a code referring to the amount of light that that building needs or the food prep area, the codes, all these numbers. And I, I'll get to that because that's what really... Uh, <laughs> I would not be giving him a loan, but I will get into that. Overall, I give this episode a 4 out of 10, which in my Ray's book is kind of sucks. <laughs> so as always, before I get into the official part of the podcast, I want to let you Tanner newbies know where you can go to find the podcast, where you can listen to it. You can go to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, don't forget to subscribe so that way you'll know when the next episode is coming your way. I pretty much do them weekly. I don't go in order of episodes or seasons. I go based on theme. So, just uh, in early January and February, I did the Jesse and Becky A Love Story series. I covered the episodes from their Meet Cute to the almost wedding, to the engagement, and to the actual wedding, all the way up to their marriage vows. So, yep. Before that, I would have done Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, back to school episodes, summer fun, which kicked off June 21st of last year, went all the way through August. And I did some birthday episodes in August, too. Coming this month of May, I will be covering episodes in honor of Mother's Day, in honor of Pam Tanner. We have Goodbye Mr. Bear from Season 2, we have Season 4's Slumber Party, and Season 5's Matchmaker Michelle. The next series I'll be doing in June is going to be in honor of Father's Day, Danny Tanner, in honor of Danny Tanner. I'll be covering Season 1's Daddy's Home and Season 4's Danny in charge. Also in May, Bob Saget has a birthday, May 17th. I decided to cover season one's Danny's first date. So look for that. Also, if you'd like to follow along with the podcast on social media, you can go to Facebook, type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. The All My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up in the search bar. Also, Instagram, you can go to and type in OMHCFHFH Full House or Fuller House Pod. You can go to Twitter, type in OMHC Full House, and it will pop up there. If you have graduated from a Tanner newbie to a Tanner expert and you're enjoying the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. You can use emojis to describe characters, episode titles, episodes. The more reviews the podcast gets, the more we can get it out there amongst the other Full House podcasts and get other Tanner fans like yourselves on the know-how about the podcast. So, If you have opinions and you want to let your opinions be known uh, as far as the, um, you know, or even your Full House or Fuller House memories... And you'd like to get in on the podcast. You got some things you want to say about the episodes. Just remember it's a family-friendly podcast to keep it clean. You can send an audio file. You can send an email. Do so to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. I will leave the 
email address in the episode description, as always. And let's jump into Season 7, Episode 6, entitled Smash Club, The Next Generation. Here's the um, little description from the DVD case. Jesse and his band played the Smash Club a million times, but now he has a new gig at the old site, Owner. I don't like that one. It just it doesn't jive well. Jive. Alright, let's jump into this cold open first. We have the cold open here. It's outside. Stephanie is lying on her back on the ground with her arms behind her head, just staring up into the clouds. And Michelle's like, why? Why are you doing that? Why are you looking at the clouds? And Stephanie's like, well, it's relaxing. So that's enough of an answer for Michelle as she lays down right next to Stephanie and they're going to have an argument about what shape the clouds are. So Stephanie's pointing out, hey, look, doesn't that look like a kangaroo with a baseball cap? And Michelle's like, no. And Stephanie's like, well, no, look, see, it's right there next to the horse eating the taco. Michelle, why do you got to be so logical? Just have fun. Oh, my gosh. At least Stephanie's got an imagination. Because Michelle's like, horses don't eat tacos. Of course they don't, Michelle. Oh, my God. So Stephanie's just rolling her eyes. like, It's not a real horse. It's just a cloud. And Michelle's like, clouds don't eat tacos either. Like, you really are sucking all the fun out of cloud watching, Michelle. I'll tell you that. So Stephanie's like, fine, there's no horse, there's no tacos, there's no kangaroos. Michelle just likes being right. She's like, oh, told you so. I just said this, Stephanie, as Stephanie sits up on her elbows, turns to look at Michelle and says, you know, you really know how to suck the fun out of cloud watching. It's like, yeah, Stephanie's just hanging out, relaxing, looking at the clouds. You've never seen a, one of the characters do this before, so it's kind of cool. And, of course, here comes old doubting Michelle to poke holes into Stephanie's imagination. So Stephanie's like, ugh, I'm going inside. And Michelle's like, oh, there's the horse. <sighs> I think she just did that because she wanted to be outside by herself they can see the clouds because it seems like don't the clouds kind of they don't always just stay in one spot they're always like moving and michelle's like this is relaxing with a huge satisfied smile on her face and the camera of course pulls back as we see michelle just hanging out like wow this makes me think of like there are those that can see that magic eye um thing and, you know, like that painting you stare at, and there are those that don't see anything. I am one of those. I remember in third grade, our teacher put it up on the chalkboard, and each of us had to stare at it. And he's like, well, what do you see? And when I got up there, I'm, I couldn't see anything. So eventually he's like, well, do you see it? Do you see it? Finally, I'm just like, yeah. Yep, I see it. Uh-huh. No, that's what makes me think of that scene in My Girl where um, Veda's grandma had one of those, like, plastic ceramic heads that has, like, all the different, like, words and areas on the head, like, to show, like, different, like, parts of, uh, you know, your personality and stuff like that. So she goes to diagnose Thomas J, has him sit down 
on um, a crate, and she starts, like, putting, you know, her hands on his head, like, I guess, like, checking for, like, bumps and stuff like that. Like, oh, interesting. And then she goes over to the uh, mannequin head thing and is touching and feeling it, and it's like, hmm, interesting. You have no personality. (laughs) I just... Love that movie. I love My Girl. Such it's 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 very it's sad, but it's a good summer movie too. So I'm gonna play this cold open. to look at clouds and imagine shapes and stuff like that. I keep seeing that bell tower thing that we'll see in season 8 where they're looking for Comet because Comet gets lost. Alright, so we come out of the intro. We are in the living room. Danny and Becky are going over Monday's show for Wake Up San Francisco. It's going to be pretty busy. Their first guest is going to be the famous sumo wrestler Bozo Yashi. When I think Bozo, I mean, I think of a clown. I think of Bozo the Clown. So this makes me think it's a sumo wrestler with painted on clown makeup and a red nose. That would be creepy. (laughs) So Becky hands Danny the paper as he's kind of checking out this guy's credentials. And one of the things he's famous for or known for is his flying flab fling. Becky's like, yep, and guess who's flab? He's going to be flinging. You would not be able to do that. Unless he's got, Danny's got insurance. What if he gets injured? What do I mean, what if? He does get injured. That would not be allowed. You can demonstrate some moves the Bozo Yashi could on a trained professional, another suit. Get another sumo wrestler in there and have them, you know, do their thing. But don't have Danny get in there who's 100% inexperienced and liable to get injured. So Danny is insulted. Like, first of all, I don't have flab. And even if I did, I wouldn't want it flung around by a 700-pound guy in a diaper. I hear you, Danny. I wouldn't want that either. Whew. So here walks in Jesse and Joey. They're still doing their radio show. And Joey's like, wow, I think we, I get the feeling we missed a very interesting conversation. I don't like Jesse's sunglasses. They're kind of like a, they're like a 
reddish pinkish tint. I don't just I don't like them. Jesse, you got enough necklaces? <laughs> so Jesse comes in with these papers. He's like, hey, do you guys remember? And he calls this refers to this person as a cat. You remember a cat named Buzz Markle? This guy apparently owned the Smash Club, yet how many times did Jesse play there? We never once got a Buzz reference at all. So Becky's giving us a little backstory about uh, the big blowout that Buzz had last year. The food, the bands, the dancing. And Danny's like, gosh, I felt so guilty having so much fun at a funeral. And Jesse's like, well, that's the way Buzz wanted it. Anyway, they finally settled his will a year later. And he left Jesse the Smash Club. What? Oh, my God. And Jesse can't believe it. He's like, why me? Why would he leave me the Smash Club? And Becky's like, well, you and the Rippers played there more than anybody. Well, that's true. They certainly did. And Jesse tells them how Buzz loved Jesse like a son and that Jesse never made fun of his toupee. It's like, Joey's like, yeah, right. You called him Rugsy. And Jesse's like, well, I didn't call him that to his face. Jesse just, I mean, this is blowing his mind. And then he tells us the first time he snuck in to the Smash Club when he was 13 years old. And he explains how when he heard that live music, that live rock and roll music, it changed his life. So I guess we have the Smash Club to take credit for Jesse's uh, taste in, in music and his band and all that stuff. I like to not think that, you know, his dad definitely had an influence on his music taste as well. I mean, his dad was into Sinatra, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., Elvis, the Rat Pack, Buddy, you know, all that stuff. It seems like sometimes when we're kids, before we develop our own taste in music, we tend to listen to, you know, whatever's playing in the car, whatever our parents are listening to. And then eventually as you get older, you kind of develop your own taste, probably based on what you like or what your friends are listening, what you're all listening to, maybe even what's popular. But over time, you develop your own sense of what you like to listen to. And Jesse's like, gosh, I can't believe I own the Smash Club. And Danny, who's going through all the papers of the will says that, well, you don't own it yet, Jesse, so kind of back that truck up just a hot second. The club's been closed for two years. So if Jesse doesn't reopen, it reverts to the estate and turns into a parking lot. Well, for those of us who have watched Fuller House, we learn that apparently the Smash Club over time turned into a laundromat. Wow. That nice-looking club turned into a laundromat? All that money, all that work he put into doing the remodel and renovations, and he, it turns into a laundromat. Well, I mean, I guess that's better than, you know, the alternative, a parking lot. So Jesse is really bound and determined, like, no, it's not going to become a parking lot. I'm going to take care of it. I'm not going to let that happen. And Becky finally gets up, like, honey, what do you know about running a club? And he's like, well, I don't know anything about running a club, but I do owe it to Buzz to do the right thing, and that's what I'm going to do. But Jesse's like, all right, I got to find a place to think. Where's a good place to think? And Joey, who's just sitting in a chair, is like, Harvard? And Jesse just looks at him like, 
Look who I'm asking. Ugh. So I'm gonna play this clip. Monday's gonna be a big day in Wake Up San Francisco. Our first guest is gonna be the famous sumo wrestler Bozo Yashi. <laughs> says here he's known for his flying flat fling. Yep. Guess who's flab? He's gonna be flinging. First, I have no flab. And you know, even if I did have flab, I wouldn't want to fling around by a 700 pound guy in a diaper. I get the feeling we missed a very interesting conversation. Guys, you're not gonna believe this. It's incredible. You remember a cat named Buzz Markle? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. The guy that owned the Smash Club. Yeah. Boy, who could forget that huge blowout they had for him last year? The food, the bands, the dancing. Yeah, I felt guilty having so much fun at a funeral. Just the way he wanted it. Anyway, they, they, they finally settled his will and he left me the Smash Club. Really? What? Why me? Jess, you and the Rippers played the Smash Club more than anyone. Well, Buzz did love me like a son, and I never made fun of his toupee. Oh, come on. You always made fun of his toupee. Heck, you called him Rudsy. I don't like his face. Ah, the Smash Club. From the first time I snuck in, I was 13 years old, you know. As soon as I heard that live music, that live rock and roll music, it changed my life. Jess, you don't own it yet. There's one condition here. The club's been closed for two years. If you don't reopen it, they reverse the estate and they'll turn it into a parking lot. Well, I'm not going to turn it into a parking lot. I'm not going to let it happen. Well, honey, I know that you have a lot of wonderful memories, but what do you know about running a club? Well, in a word, nothing. <laughs> Look, I owe it to Buzz to do the right thing, and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm going to sort this whole thing out. I need a place to think. Where's a, where's a good place to think? Harvard? Alright, so now we're going to move upstairs where Michelle is making her bed, putting her toys away as Nikki and Alex come rumbling in there. Of course, now this is Stephanie and Michelle's room because DJ is in Michelle's old room. And at this point in the show, it's season 7 and... The room's got a really nice remodel done. I love the colors. Not a fan of that uh, pinkish curtain, but uh, it kind of it goes with like the bedspreads and the pillows. There's a little bit of the pink fringe around it, so it all it all meshes well together. Is this supposed to be the old toy box, or is this a different toy box? Because this one doesn't seem to have a top to it. It's got handles on each side, and then it's got, like, little, like, old made playing cards on it. I love Michelle's outfit. She's wearing a, um, fuchsia pink shirt. Is that pink or red? It might be red with like little white flowers on it and she's wearing like black overalls. But I love her hair. I love how it's in braids. It's just so adorable. I love how the boys come in. They're like two and they can't say Michelle completely. They're like, hi Michelle, hi Michelle. And both the boys are wearing jeans, black shoes, and one twin has... They're pretty much wearing the same shirt, but different colors, so you can tell them apart. One's wearing a turquoise, or kind of blue-green, 
with red on one side and turquoise on the other, and then of course royal blue. The other one's wearing kind of the same, minus red, but it's yellow. So she's like, sorry guys, I can't play with you, I gotta clean up my room. And the boys immediately start grabbing stuffed animals and putting them in the toy box. And she's like, oh, you don't have to. And, but then she's like, hmm, unless you uh, really want to. And she's like, oh, don't forget that stuff over there. And she's like, okay, I'm just gonna chill on my bed with my hands behind my head and just uh, hang out while my cousins are doing my work for me. Okay, I don't remember a time where Stephanie or DJ ever, well, now that I think about it, DJ did bribe baby Michelle with a cookie to go and search inside Jesse's duffel bag in the season one episode, Mad Money. But I don't think any of them ever used Michelle for cleaning their room. But one of them was like, okay, <laughs> who lies on their bed with their shoes on? And she was just outside in the grass with her shoes on. Ew. Oh, Michelle's chilling with her arms behind her head. She's like, hmm, this is definite possibilities. They're babies. Don't take advantage of babies. Granted, they're walking, mumbling toddlers, but still, come on, be. I never had a younger sibling, so. I never. And I don't think, even if I had a younger sibling, I wouldn't have, I don't think I would have, like, made them clean my room. So I'm going to play this clip. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Sorry, guys. I can't play right now. I need to clean up my room. Oh, that's okay. You don't have to. Unless you really want to. Don't forget the stuff over there. Now we're going to go down to the kitchen. We got Stephanie flipping through the paper, probably seeing what movies they're playing. As Steve and DJ come in the back door. And Kimmy. And of course, they're high schoolers. It's Friday. They've made it through the school week. They want to party down and celebrate. Or at least take a breather. What is with this? All three of them are all like, Whatcha? Like, what is that? Is that supposed to be like a new 90s slang term? Other than this show, other than this episode, this was never, this, whatcha, was never mentioned again that I can think of. Thank goodness, because it's, bleh. I love how Kimmy, Steve, and DJ are all like, whatcha, as they all slap high five. Wait a minute, Steve's in college. Granted, I'm sure, what, is college like Monday through Friday, or do they have like Saturday or Sunday classes? I don't know. You'd think in college you'd have never-ending homework and tests, like, all the time. So Stephanie's like, oh, you guys got big plans tonight? And they're like, oh, well, no, no, not not really. <laughs> they're just happy to be... I remember on the days when I get out of school on Fridays, like, thank you, thank you, I made it through the week. I mean, I never really... Well, at their age, when I had car privileges. 
uh, I would hang out with my friends. You know, I'd go over to my, my friend's house. We'd hang out. We'd watch movies. We'd go for drives just to wherever. <laughs> and, and, like, I remember this one time late at night. I went over to my friend's house. And it's like, hey, what are you doing? What do you want to do? And he's like, oh, oh, I know what we can do. And we ended up going, like, to some, like, supposed haunted sightings. And it was cool. It was just, like, hanging out and just doing things. Or, you know, me at home, vegging on the couch, watching, you know, the Disney Channel or something like that. I'm happy that we got the uh, the subtitles here because DJ's like, oh, do something. And Steve's like, oh, we're just going to watch TV. As uh, DJ Steve and Kimmy all take a seat at the table. So Steve's like, hey, I know, we can go to the mall. And DJ's like, nah, my, I, I've been there so much, my hair is starting to smell like Orange Julius. <laughs> the kids even hang out at the mall anymore? I mean, I know with everything going on right now, no one's hanging out at the mall or anywhere. But just in the 90s, that was 80s, 90s, that was a place to be. And now it's like with so many stores like closing in the malls, it's almost seems that malls are just becoming relics of a distant time where kids hung out at the mall. That's the thing that kids don't really talk to each other. They talk through their devices. How many kids nowadays are even talking face to face like... <laughs> Fuller House is a great example of teenagers that don't talk to each other on the phone. They, like, text each other. Or they'll Skype. Or they'll Zoom. Or they'll, they'll TikTok. Or they'll Vine. Or whatever else. Those apps. Those kids. Those kids. Oh my gosh. I sound so old. But I'm only 37. But yeah, it's like, they're kind of figuring, like, what do we want to do? Something that we haven't done in quite a while. So Jesse comes in to get himself a drink, and Stephanie gets up out of her chair, goes over to Uncle Jesse, and is like, Hey, congratulations, Uncle Jesse. I heard someone left you the Smash Club. And DJ's like, Oh, the Smash Club. And Steve's like, Oh, you mean that empty old dive over on Green Street? Well, the place has been closed for two years. Can you imagine what it probably looked like? I mean, we'll get to what it looks like on the inside. It's really nasty and gross. So Jesse is so offended, like, hey, bite your tongue, Steven. That empty old dive turned me on to music. Is that where he went to see the Rolling Stones farewell tour when uh, DJ was quizzing him or uh, doing that little interview of the person she admired most in DJ Tanner's day off? So Jesse proceeds to educate the children on the history of rock and roll and a lot of the great musical influences that came out of the Smash Club. It's a piece of rock and roll history. Big bands came out of that dive. So he's asking these 90s kids that are probably listening to music like... We know later on, uh, Stephanie's a fan of, a fan of Sarah McLaughlin and uh, the Cranberries, which love the Cranberries. It's so sad that... Um, their lead singer had passed away. I think it was like a year or so ago. I loved the Cranberries as a teenager. That and uh, Bush and Counting Crows, which is another one that comes up, I think, in season eight with the uh, Counting Crows concert. I bet these kids are listening to, like, because this is all pre-Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, 
uh, Hanson, Wonder Egg, all that stuff. So I'm thinking like Hootie and the Blowfish. I can't take either Stephanie or DJ or even Kimmy or Steve for Metallica fans. But I remember in season four when DJ was excited that her dad was going to a Slaughter concert. So yeah, these 90s kids are not going to be like, oh yeah, I've heard of Jefferson Airplane. That's a big nope for them. I was like, you ever heard of Mamas and Papas? This is all stuff that came out in what, the late 60s and 70s? They have no, they don't, when he brings up Cher, they have no reference. It's 1990. Are you kidding me? Cher was, not just with Sonny and Cher, but then you have Cher with, uh, Everybody would have heard of Cher singing if I could turn back time. There is not a kid alive who was a teen, a kid in the 90s, in the 80s, <coughs> who didn't know that song. Just getting a lot of blank stares looking back at him. And he references Sonny and Cher, and this is what DJ says. Oh, that woman from the infomercial? Oh my gosh. DJ, you have led a sheltered life. Too sheltered, in my opinion. You don't even know that Cher is a singer. You just recognize her from, oh, that info commercial? <laughs> she says infomercial. I know her. She has long, dark hair. And Steve's like, yeah, yeah. And then Kimmy and Stephanie are like, oh, yeah, I know her. Yeah. And Jesse's like, all right, all right, enough of that, enough of that. So Jesse's like, look, the bottom line is I need to keep the Smash Club alive somehow. And of course, Steve's like, man, I wish it was alive tonight. We'd have something to do. And DJ's like, yeah, well, it wouldn't matter anyway. You got to be 21 or over to get in, you know, because they serve alcohol. And Steve's like, yeah, it's like that in all the cool places. It's not fair. And he's like, there are so many cool new bands out there. We never get to hear them. So, Jesse is getting an idea. What would you kids say if I could give you a place that you could hear new music? And, of course, right away, DJ's like, well, what about the age limit? And he's like, no age limit, no alcohol. Uh, <laughs> you are not going to be having a lot of people at your club if you aren't serving the alcohol. Come on now. And they're like, yeah, that'd be great. And he's like, yeah, it'd be a big dance floor, good few, good food. Like, hey, would you guys hang out at a place like that? And like, oh, heck yeah, we would. And Kimmy's like, what are we waiting for? Let's go. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. It doesn't exist yet. I was like, really? And Kimmy's like, why don't you with me? And he's like, well, it doesn't. Jesse's like, it doesn't exist yet, but it's going to. You know what it's going to be called? The new Smash Club. I get that he wants a place for the kids to hang out with no alcohol, no age limit. Those are what they're, it's a called like an all ages night. Um, on One Tree Hill, Peyton had set up trick to be an all ages night every once in a while, but they had alcohol. 
And I can see Jesse having an all-ages night, like, maybe a couple times a month. And, but, honestly, what is your... To get, like, cool new bands to come to Smash Club, you're gonna have to have alcohol. They're not gonna be playing for junior high and high school kids. Come on now. I love how they're, like, all out of their sights, like, ready to get out the door. Jesse's got, like, three or four cross necklaces. They're like, oh, we gave you great ideas, then we get some of the profits because we came up with it. But at least this gets Jesse motivated and ready to go, like, let's get the lady from the bank on the horn, let's get things rolling out. So I'm going to play this clip. Yes, it's Friday. Free at last. Let the weekend begin. Watch out! Big plans tonight? No, we are gonna see him. Just gonna hang out. Watch TV. Hey, I know. We could go to the mall. No. I've been there so much, my hair's starting to smell like Orange Julius. Hi, kids. Hey. Hey, Hey, Uncle Jesse. Congratulations. I heard some guy left you the Smash Club. Yeah? The Smash Club? You mean that empty old dive over on Green Street? Hey, bite your tongue, Steven. That empty old dive turned me on to music. It's a piece of rock and roll history. A lot of big bands came out of that dive. You guys ever heard of Jefferson Airplane? <laughs> Mamas and Papas? Sonny and Cher? Oh, that woman from the infomercial? I know her. Oh, she's yeah. the point is that I gotta keep the Smash Club alive somehow. Wish it was alive tonight. We'd have something to do. Well, it wouldn't matter anyway. You had to be 21 or over to get in. Yeah, yeah, it's like that in all the cool places. It's not fair, guys. You know, there's so many cool new bands out. We never get a chance to hear any of them. Really? You know what? What would you guys say if there was a place where you'd go hear new music? Well, what about the age limit? No age limit, no alcohol. That's that cool. Would be great. Yeah, big wow. dance floor, good food. You guys hang out at a place like that? Oh, yeah. I would love to. Yeah. What are we waiting for? Let's go. Right oh, it doesn't exist yet. Why do men toy with me? It doesn't exist yet, but it's going to. You know what it's going to be called? The new Smash Club. You guys just gave me some great ideas. Thanks. A million things to do. So, we see the outside of the Smash Club. It's a blue brick building. Looks like it was, like, spray-painted blue. Looks like there's graffiti on the pieces of wood that are covering up the window. We see the Smash Club written in what looks like chalk. It looks as grungy as humanly possible. They really should have had... I mean, bring Danny in there to clean the place up. He will clean it spotless. So, Jesse is... Like, oh, we gotta clean this place up. The lady from the bank's gonna get here. If we want to get that loan, this place has got to be spotless. And I'm just like... Just looks so disgusting. Jesse's got a push broom there. Joey's eating something while staring at this big picture of Buzz, whatever his last name was. I think it started with an M. Like, oh, look at the hair on old Buzz. Hey, there's more floor. Uh, 
carpet on him on his head than on the floor. It's not a carpeted floor. That joke doesn't go anywhere. The guy looks like Richard Mazur <laughs> from uh, My Girl 2 and License to Drive and other movies that Richard Mazur had been in. Of course, we get a joke here with this metal trash can that is filled to the brim with just papers and garbage. And when Jesse goes and Joey goes to lift it up, of course, there's no bottom on the trash can and the trash just goes all over the floor. She had about some, brought some garbage bags. Someone looks like, I mean, the inside of it, it's, it's dark, you can't really see a lot, but the walls are just covered in, like, neon paint. The place closed two years ago, but the guy just died, like, a year ago. Clearly, in his last year of life, he was not running that club. Can't believe they're trying to clean up, like, they're meeting the lady... That day, the lady from the bank to see about getting a loan. If I were that bank lady and I came in there and I saw that place clearly, you know it needs work. But I'd be like, I'm not giving you a loan. What is the graffiti words? Snoop dope shooter? What? Clearly someone on the set design just drew that for, uh, spray painted that up there. Now find a dustpan for all that garbage that's on the floor. And let's put it into the back into this trash can that has no bottom to it. <laughs> There's a can of Shasta on the counter. So Joey goes below the counter to look for a dustpan. He finds a corkscrew, a bucket, and he's like, a rat, a rat! And then he smashes his head right through that counter. So now his head is stuck. So Joey's freaking out, like, oh, just get it, get it, get it away from me. So Jesse pulls up what is obviously a rag, and Joey mistook it for a rat. He's like, is this it, Joey? And Joey's got his eyes closed, like, yes, just get it away from me, okay? And it's like, you need to open your eyeballs and look at this, what Jesse is holding Joey. It's like, oh, it's a rag. Um, there's a spot there you could get. It's like, So... (laughs) You can clearly see, plain as day, Dave Coulier is just kind of pushed himself into it. He can clearly get out. Jesse's like, well, you get your fat head out of there. The lady from the bank's going to be here any minute. So he starts pushing Joey's head down. It's like, ow, ow, I'm saying, ow, uh, I'm stuck. Yeah, obviously. Of course, we hear the bank loan lady, Mrs. Cook. And she's like, Mr. Katsopoulos, yoo-hoo! Jesse just takes the disgusting bucket and puts it over Joey's head. He jumps over the bar and is like, hi, come right in, come in. It's like, she has to wade through all that trash on the floor that was in that garbage bin. Oh, it says Snoop Dope Snooter. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, the lady's name is Eleanor Cook. She's from Embarcadero Bank. Weird name. Jesse introduces himself right as Joey sneezes. Like, oh, what's that? And she goes over to the bucket. And Jesse's like, oh, uh, well, that could be anything. Joey sneezes again. An old bar rag, a rat. She pulls the garbage pail off of Joey's head and screams. Jesse's like a freak under a bucket. Jesse's being a jerk. Of course, Joey's being a pain in the butt. 
He's like, oh, can someone hold my nose? I'm gonna pull up my ears. And Jesse just slaps Joey upside the head. So here we get a bunch of head puns. And she's like, oh, this is Joseph Gladstone, our head waiter. <laughs> and she's not impressed. She looks like she is very disturbed by what she's seeing. So he tells her that he and Joey used to be in advertising and they've cooked together a little presentation. That way they can illustrate a need for a club like this in San Francisco. So he's like, imagine if you will, Joey and Jesse teenager, and of course one of us has a bar on his shoulders, and Joey just looks at her like, <laughs> me. Like, I would have walked out if I were her. I'm like, I... Uh, I guess she was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because of, uh... I'll get into that when that's revealed. So, is Joey trying to pull a Joe Pesci impression? Because he's done that before. He's like, hey, Jess, what do you want to do tonight? Uh, Mall? And Jesse's like, did it. And Joey's like, movie? And Jesse's like, seen it. Better? And Jesse's like, ate it. And Joey's like, bowling? And of course, finally, Eleanor Cook holds up her hand, like, hold it, and of course, Jesse's like, oh, well, it was gonna be, like, rolled it, like, you know, it's a rhyming thing, and she's like, please, I mean, hold it, like, please go no further, like, she has had, uh, I, this display is just so, uh, <laughs> making me very, she is visibly very uncomfortable in the presence of two guys that clearly anybody could tell they have no idea what they're doing. They're not prepared. This little presentation was garbage. But she's like, I have some questions for you. And right away, Jesse just assumes, hey, buddy, we got the loan. And he goes to slap Joey's hand, forgetting he's still got the bar on his shoulders, and Joey sticks out his tongue. It's like, ew. Oh, no. Jesse, of course, thinks he's got the loan when she says, actually, we need to talk about what kind of loan you want. Jesse is an idiot. He is such an idiot here. I think someone that worked in, like, advertising and, and stuff like that, I don't know. He just does not have his head on his shoulders. And right away, I mean, I agree with Mrs. Cook with her final decision because it's, he's not prepared at all. You should have brought the whole family down and you all could have spent the weekend cleaning it, depending, I mean... I'm sure she didn't come out for the appointment on a weekend, so they could have used the weekend to get that place. Granted, they're not going to be able to get the graffiti off the walls and whatnot, but... Well, Danny might. Mr. Clean there. And she's like, well, I meant that we haven't discussed the terms, you know, the amount, whether you want adjustable or fixed. <clears throat> After, if I were getting a loan, I think I'd want a fixed loan, so it kind of stays at the same amount each month that you're gonna have to pay back he's just making jokes the whole time like oh well you lend it we'll spend it right <laughs> and one thing she wants to know is if the club is up to code yet it's like odds are no because they haven't done anything and he's like what code and she's like codes building codes like ugh. health codes fire codes building codes She's like, how are your footings and bearing walls? He's like, oh, fine. Mine are fine and yours. Thank you. Like, ugh. He hasn't done any research on the building or any of that. And she keeps had to clarify, I mean what I mean. Like, has the foundation been inspected? Like, clearly it hasn't. 
All he's doing is surface level stuff. He's just like, let's sweep the floor. Let's wipe this grimy countertop. And Jesse's like, oh, well, it hasn't been uh, perspective inspected per se. Ugh, you and your per se, Jesse. And he's like, well, I've checked the foundation and it's really holding up. So he goes over to a wall, which has got, like, I don't know what that's supposed to be. Like a, a mini shelf or something for you to like support your arm on? I don't know. So he touches it and immediately it falls to the floor. He's just done, checked the foundation surface level, like looked around like, oh, it looks solid to me. The wall, the roof's not caving in on me and the walls are still standing, so. He's just, he's making jokes and laughing the whole time. Oh, it's still standing. The place is like a rock. And clearly anyone with half a partial brain agrees with her as she says Mr. Katsopoulos it's obvious you're obvious you're unprepared of course anyone who's anybody who walked in there could have seen he is a thousand percent unprepared for this meeting he doesn't know what the codes are or what a code is the foundation inspection none of that stuff has been done I would say the loan would be the last thing you want to do you want to make sure the building's all ready to go before you ask for the loan. <laughs> don't jump to step three when you haven't completed step one or two first. That's not what you do. And she's like, you know, I'm afraid I have no choice but deny to deny your loan request. And he's like, no, no, Miss Cook, you can't do that. If I don't do something with this building, they're going to turn it into a parking lot. She's like, sorry, I can't help you. So she's like, I'm very sorry. She's not sorry at all. She shakes his hand and, of course, turns to Joey and he sticks his tongue out and she's just, she recoils in disgust. Like, ugh. I'll see myself out. Of course, as she's leaving, Jesse's trying for flattery. Like, did I mention your hair looks nice today? It's clearly colored, her hair. So he goes to try to track her down and... Now Joey's still sitting there as a little mouse darts across the counter. And just Joey is just having a schwitz fit. Uh, I noticed, yes, like the goof said, there is paint on the side of Joey's neck. Like, just below his jawline. Like, what? Those things must have been freshly painted and not 100% dry then. So I'm going to play this clip. Would you look at the wig on old Buzz, huh? He's got more carpet on his head than the floor. <laughs> Come on, I gotta clean this place up if I'm gonna get a loan from the bank. I gotta make this place look presentable. Grab this. Okay, that way. Well, it looks like we got a little structural problem here. Place is a mess. I'm trying to find a dustpan. The lady from the bank's gonna be here any minute. Okay, let's see what we got. Corkscrew. A bucket. A rat. A rat! Ah! 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 Well, maybe you want to get that smudge right over there. Stop it! Now get your fat hat out of there. She's going to be here any minute. Come on. Get out. Ow, 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 ow. I'm saying ow. I, I can't move. I'm stuck. Mr. Katsopoulos! Yoo-hoo! Here. 
Eleanor Cook from Embarcadero Bank. Hi, Jessica Sopolis. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, could be anything. Uh, old bar rag, a, a rat. <laughs> Freak under a bucket. Can somebody hold my nose? I gotta pop my ears. Stop it! Oh, how terribly rude of me. This is, uh, this is Joseph Gladstone, Hi. our uh, head waiter. <laughs> anyway, we've, uh, we, 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 we used to be in advertising together, so we've cooked up this little presentation, if you will, to illustrate the need for a club like this in San Francisco. So, picture, if you will, Jesse and Joey Teenager walking down the street, but in this case, the, one of us has a bar on his shoulder. <laughs> me. Okay. Here we are. Walking down the street. Uh, Jess. <laughs> uh, what do you want to do tonight, uh, Ma? Did it. Movie? Seen it. Burger? Ate it. Bowling? Hold it. No, no actually, bowling is rolled it. But you get it. It's a rhyming thing. No, I meant hold it as in please go no further. I have some specific questions we need to discuss. Oh, that's no problem. We can handle that. Uh, right, little buddy? Sorry. <laughs> actually, we need to talk about what kind of loan you want. All right, we got the loan. Joseph, high five. Actually, I, uh, I meant that we haven't discussed the amount, the terms, whether you want adjustable or fixed. Oh, well, you lend it, we'll spend it, right? <laughs> I also need to know if the club is up to code. Uh, what code? Codes, uh, health codes, fire codes, building codes, how are your footings and bearing walls? Oh, fine, thanks, and yours? <laughs> I mean, has the foundation been inspected? Uh, well, it hasn't it hasn't been uh, inspected uh, per se, but uh, you know I've I, I've checked the foundation and uh, you know it's uh, it's really holding up. Well, it's it's still standing. The place is like a rock. Mr. Katsopoulos, it's uh, obvious you're unprepared. I'm afraid I have no choice but to deny your loan request. Miss Cook, you, you can't. They're going to turn this place into a parking lot. I'm very sorry. Goodbye, Mr. Katsopoulos, Mr. Gladstone. Miss <laughs> Cook, give us a second chance, won't you? Did I mention your hair looks nice today? <laughs> Jess? Hello? I think about it. I think that um, the plot B is going to be the whole sumo wrestler segment with Danny just now receiving his outfit for the sumo wrestler segment. And it comes in a big white box. It's breakfast time. The only one that's down there is Becky and Danny and Michelle. So, and I think plot C, of course, is the whole Michelle treating her little two-year-old cousins like servants. 
Danny pulls it out. It is a gauzy white. Basically, it's like a thong. I'm guessing this is what sumo wrestlers wear. It's just like a thong around their, um, around, you know, their, their crack and their private area and stuff like that. I mean, basically, Danny's practically going to be naked up there. And I don't think the censors would be a little too happy with that. They'd probably have to, like, put some bars, uh, just below Danny's waist and, you know, above his thyle area. Because, <laughs> uh, no. Just no. And Danny's like, well, what? This can't be all of it. The, uh, and it's just like, ugh. Even Michelle's look of wow. Like, she's envisioning, like, Danny, like, with that on. Just that is crazy. Danny is, like, horrified and disgusted. And he's like, gosh, there's got to be more to it than this. I'm going to need a tanning booth and a full body wax. Like, oh, God. Yeah, because if you think about it, you're not walking around California all year long in, in shorts. And you're not outside all the time. That part of your body's probably going to be pretty pale. <laughs> of course, Becky doesn't help things as she gives a fashion tip. Oh, don't wear black socks. If you're sumo wrestling, I don't think you're wearing socks at all. So, Danny asks how Jesse's doing as Becky takes a sip of her coffee. He's like, oh, not good. He's really depressed. And, of course, seven-year-old Michelle asks what the word depressed means. Danny's definition for depressed is, you know, sad, unhappy. And he's like, remember when uh, you found out that Gumby wasn't microwave safe? That's what depressed is. You know, he's just putting it in childlike terms that she can understand. She was depressed because she put a Gumby figurine in a microwave. Really? You want to know how sad I was when my cousin took my McDonald's uh, DuckTales toy and put it in an ice fishing hole to think it would float and then it just, like, sunk all the way down that ice fishing hole and I just bawled my eyes out and I'm like, I want to go back to McDonald's! Dad, can you give me another one? I was so heartbroken. And I was eight years, I was probably right around Michelle's age, seven, eight years old. My cousin's like, hey, let's go see if we can, if it can float. Remember, because <laughs> when we came back, my mom's mom was like telling me to get over it. It's just a toy. So that pretty much served as a uh, good enough explanation for Michelle. Becky's like, all right, Michelle, let's try to all be extra nice to Uncle Jesse, okay? And she's like, okay, I'll give him my last sweet roll. How many of those has she had? Because she says, I'll give him my last sweet roll. So she pops the sweet roll onto Jesse. So everyone else, I guess, has already had lunch and has begun their day. Jesse comes down. He is singing a tune. Like, he is not depressed at all. Like, Michelle's like, Uncle Jesse, you're depressed. He's like, ha, I don't know the meaning of the word. And Michelle's like, I don't think Daddy does either. He's like, good morning, my beautiful, beautiful family. I love all of you. Different. It's nice to see you all. Good morning. I love you all in a very special way. Individually, of course. So, Jesse fills them in. Says, I just talked to the lady from the bank. You know, Miss Cook. And she said, you know, after a little begging that she's going to give me another interview. It's like, then you need to be prepared this time. Have someone go down there, check the foundation, make sure that the repairs that are needed, gets, that are needed to be done 
get set up so that way once you get the loan, you can get to work on it. Uh. So he's like, in order to keep the Smash Club alive, I have to be totally prepared. Well, you know what? You needed to be prepared last time and you didn't do it. So I'm not holding out a lot of hope how prepared you're going to be this time around. Be like, Mr. Katsopoulos, please don't waste my time. You're very lucky that I even agreed to see you a second time. He's like, I'm going to find a book on every code, building codes, health codes, municipal codes, area codes. If there's a code out there, I'm going to crack it. So Michelle's like, I'm happy. I'm happy that you're happy again. I'm glad that you're happy again, Uncle Jesse. He's like, oh, thanks, Michelle. And they hug. And you see, she takes her sweet roll and puts it back on her plate. See, she can't even follow through with being nice. She's like, well, he's clearly not depressed, so he doesn't need this. It's like, but it's the thought that counts. So I'm going to play this clip. This clip is just, it's funny. Danny's reaction just like, uh, no, I'm not wearing this. How are you doing? Station just sent over my outfit for the sumo wrestler segment. Great, let's see it. There's gotta be more to it than this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a tanning booth and a full body wax. Fashion tip, don't wear black socks. So, uh, how's Jess doing? Oh, not good. He's really depressed. What does depressed mean? Um, depressed means, you know, uh, sad, unhappy. You know how you felt when you found out that Gumby wasn't microwave safe. Gotcha. So, let's all try to be extra nice to him, okay? I'll give you my last sweet roll. I'm going to look. Good morning, my beautiful family. It's nice to see you all. Good morning. I love you all in a very special way. Individually, that is. You're depressed. Depressed? Ha! I don't know the meaning of the word. I don't think Daddy does either. Uh, I'll get this. I, I just talked to the lady from the bank, you know, Miss Cook, and she said after a little begging, she's going to give me another interview. In order to keep the Smash Club alive, I gotta totally be prepared. So I'm gonna find a book on on every code, uh, uh, building codes, health codes, municipal codes, area codes. If there's a code out there, I'm gonna crack it. I'm glad you're happy again, Uncle Jesse. Ah, uh, thanks, Michelle. <laughs> All right, let's get to the backyard where the conclusion of. Nikki and Alex's servantry to Michelle comes to a head. So we're in the backyard. Michelle's reclining on some patio furniture. She's got these sunglasses that are shaped like stars. And either Nikki or Alex, not sure which one, hands Michelle. He's like, ah, this is the life. And then she takes her glasses off and is like, wait a minute. This is a nectarine. I asked for a peach. And she's like, see, this is bald. She's like, try again. And she does a little hand gesture like, go, go, go. Well, can you remind, tell him what a peach, he's not going to do the difference between a peach and a nectarine. What? The nectarine's bald and the peach is fuzzy? She didn't say anything about, see, this is bald, but a peach is orange in color. And it's fuzzy. Nothing like that. This girl is the epitome of some snobbish kid who probably gets everything they want. 
And it's just having the, her little lackeys do her bidding. Okay, so that was Alex who gave her the, the wrong fruit. So she turns to Nikki, who, lucky for him, gets to hang out in a chair and try to find Waldo in one of those big Waldo books. Like, hey, Nikki, did you find Waldo yet for me? And he's like, no, Waldo. And she's like, keep looking. He's in there. Are you kidding me? Hard enough for an adult to try to find Waldo in a book. And you're look, telling a two-year-old to try? Remember the back of life cereal boxes in the 90s that had that where you could try to find Waldo in the back of the box while you're eating your life cereal? She puts her star sunglasses back on and reclines back like, uh. He's even got the umbrella up, too. Okay, now we get to plot B, the aftermath of the sumo wrestling session. But before we get to that, I'm going to play the clip with Michelle and Nikki and Alex. Hey, into the kitchen as Danny is hunched over with his hand just at his lower back, like just above his uh, belt. And he's like, oh, Becky, that sumo wrestler really did a number on my back. Are you insane? Wake up, San Francisco! You could have permanently damaged his back by having a four, 500 pound man sit on him? He's like, hey, uh, could you do me a favor and get me an ice pack or something? As he, like, takes his suit jacket off. Becky, of course, because it didn't happen to her, is not very forgiving. Like, oh, come on, Danny. Bozo Yashi didn't sit on you that hard. And Danny, who's putting, you know, lowering himself slowly into a chair, says, Becky, the only way a 700-pound guy sits on you is hard. So, unfortunately, they're out of ice. They have waffles, a pint of Rocky Road, and a rump roast. And Danny's like, well, give me the rump roast. And Becky's like, Danny, this is our dinner. And he's like, well, I was going to defrost it anyway. And Danny gets such utter relief as soon as that rump roast hits his lower back. And she just looks at him like, let's eat out tonight. Are you... It's wrapped in plastic. It's not touching his bare skin. Relax. You're not cooking it. Why do you care? So I'm going to play this clip and then we're going to go back outside to the conclusion of Queen Michelle's reign. I call her Princess Michelle, but no, she is acting like a queen. Oh, Becky. That sumo wrestler really did a number on my back. Could you do me a favor? Could you, uh... Get me an ice pack or something? Oh, come on, Danny. Bozo Yashi didn't sit on you that hard. Becky, the only way a 700-pound guy sits on you is hard. We're at ice. We have waffles, a pint of Rocky Road, and a rump roast. Bring me the rump roast. Danny, this is our dinner. I'm going to defrost it anyway. Really? It's wrapped in plastic. Becky, chill. 
Let's eat out tonight. <laughs> All right, let's go b- out to the backyard. Uh, Nikki and Alex are P.O.'d. They have had enough. They know when they're taken advantage of, and enough is enough. They're both, Nikki and Alex have got their, like, their fists, like, clenched and, like, on either side of their hips. Like, and they're both like, we don't like this. You used us, Michelle. And she, of course, doesn't care. She's like, now she's hanging out at the foot of the patio chair. And she's like, guys, I'm really thirsty. Where's that water? So, of course, I think this is Alex is the one in the blue. He's like, mean Michelle. And she's like, come on, I'm really dry. Like, you won't be for long. And Alex is like, mean. Yeah, Alex knows what's up. She had him, like, bringing her fruit. Like, oh, no, it's the wrong one. This is a bald nectarine. I asked for a peach. Do you you know the difference, two-year-old boy? It's funny because Alex is the one that's just saying, mean, Michelle, and just grab. Oh, I do see a picture of maybe water on that little TV tray. As Alex is the one who picks up the garden hose and sprays Michelle. So I like that a two-year-old has the thought process of, oh, this person is taking advantage of me. They're being mean to me. Never once did she say thank you to them for bringing fruit, picking up her room for her, trying to find Waldo. None of it. We learned what else she was having them do. And I'm like, okay, you have crossed a line, young lady. And she's like, after Alex sprays her, she's like, hey, Nikki goes right for that garden hose too like hey let me get on get in on this as he sprays her you had me trying to find waldo and michelle's like hey she didn't want to get up off that patio chair and go grab them or yank the hose out of their hands or yell at them she's like my hair my shirt i'm soaked of course, this commotion causes Becky and Danny to come out. Like, what's going on out here? And Danny, who's still got the rump roast on his lower back, and is bent sideways because he's in so much pain. Like, what's happening? So, right away, Michelle's like, Nikki and Alex got me all wet. And Becky doesn't even ask the boys, why did you do that? She just bends down to their level and says, boys, that was not very nice. Really, because... uh. Oh, just a couple episodes uh, before this one, Tough Love, where they have to try to discipline Nikki and Alex because they're out of control. And the boys, of course, they're too, they don't really say anything. <laughs> you know, they don't like, hey, well, she did this, or she made us do this, and and Michelle is just on a tangent. It gets worse. They brought me the wrong fruit. They cleaned my room wrong. They brushed my hair wrong. You were having them brush your hair? Are you serious? You can't do something as simple as brush your own hair? Danny cuts like uh, cuts Michelle off. They're like, Michelle, Michelle, okay, I see what's going on here. So he sits down in the patio chair that uh, Nikki had vacated and you know, takes off the Where's Waldo book. And he's like, Michelle, it sounds to me like you're trying to turn your little cousins into your own personal servants. Uh, it doesn't just sound like that's exactly what she was doing. And she's like, is that how it sounds? And you just see her eyes kind of like, 
thinking like, oh, wow. And she's like, well, maybe I said it wrong. I don't think she's really feeling guilty about having done this. I think the fact that Danny is calling her out on her actions. Well, oh, no, maybe I said it wrong. Like, no, I'm still vouching for my actions and I don't find anything wrong with them. I love how Becky jumps in here and defends her sons. And she's holding both Nikki and Alex. Nikki is like clutching Becky like, please don't let me near her. Don't let her near me, mommy. And she's like, Michelle, even though Nikki and Alex are little, they're still people and we need to treat them with respect. And she looks at Danny like, oh, I know, but it was so easy. That's pretty much it. I mean, Becky just kind of smiles like, <laughs> poor Alex is just like, that's it? She's not like, he's two, but it's like, his head is down like, she did all that stuff to me and she doesn't even get punished. She had me brushing her hair and cleaning her room and getting her, giving, I gave her the wrong fruit. <laughs> so finally, Michelle turns to the boys and says, I'm sorry for being so bossy. Are you mad at me? And of course, they're too, they're, they for- forgive her. They're being made to hug her like, we really don't want to. We don't like you. <laughs> I just remember in, uh, Under the Influence when Michelle's had enough of them and Dan- uh, Je- Jesse's all like, don't worry, Michelle. You know, they're mad now, but you know, it'll eventually blow over. And he opens the kitchen door and we hear, we hate Michelle. We hate Michelle. We hate Michelle. <laughs> they're not there yet, but they will be. In uh, a couple seasons. You see the boy who plays Alex. Whether it's Dylan or Blake. I'm not sure who. But he is looking off screen. Patting as he's patting Michelle's back. Of course. Being coached by. uh, The child wrangler. So I'm going to play this clip. Guys I'm thirsty. Where's that water? Me Michelle. Come on I'm really dry. Me. That was not very nice. It gets worse. They brought me the wrong food. They cleaned my room wrong. They brushed my hair wrong. Michelle, Michelle. <laughs> Honey, you know what? It, um, uh, it sounds to me like you're trying to turn your little cousins into your own personal servants. Is that how it sounds? Maybe I said it wrong. You know, Michelle, even though Nikki and Alex are little, they're still people, and we need to treat them with respect. I know, but it was so easy. I'm sorry for being so bossy. Are you mad at me? would have wanted to see Michelle punished in some way, grounded or, you know, Danny taking a privilege away from her, like, Michelle for the week you can't watch TV because she needs to be held accountable for her actions just because Nikki and Alex supposedly forgave her because they're two and things just, you know, wash over. I would think that they would 
remember, I don't know, it just, it angers me. It's like, we're always saying how Michelle is a spoiled brat, and she is. I mean, you think, I mean, it goes back to the dang sweet roll. Just leave it on his plate. Be the bigger person. Give him the sweet roll. Don't, no takesies, backsies, or whatever. No, if I were Danny, I'd be like, sweetie, I'm happy that you came clean, but I really, this behavior, I don't ever want to see you treat somebody like this again. I don't care how little they are. That was very, very wrong. Just say, you know what? You are not going to watch TV for me. You know what? I wonder how many other things she was having them do, aside from brushing her hair. Probably trying to, here, brush my teeth for me, Nikki and Alex. Help me get dressed, Nikki and Alex. That would be crossing the line. Like, get my clothes out for me, Nikki and Alex. Stuff like that. Chew my cereal for me, Nikki and Alex. (laughs) It would be never ending. I really want to know what else she was having them do. Alright, now we go back to plot A. We got Jesse. He's looking sharp in his burgundy suit. And, of course... DJ and Stephanie are helping him with the codes that he apparently wants to memorize. Which we know that is going to go out the window as soon as she gets there. <laughs> I don't think he's... He was underprepared before. Now it seems like he wants to overprepare and try to memorize things that technically he's not required to. Uh, he's having to <laughs> memorize as DJ is quizzing him... Number, as DJ recites, section 27635 of the health code. And he's like, let's see, 27635 of the health code. He's like, oh, that means all restrooms must have self-closing doors. I'm going to save my response for when we get to the actual interview and prep. Oh boy, am I going to tear him asunder. (laughs) I am going to tear him asunder. I get it. He wants what's best, you know, because the club meant so much to him and he wants to turn on to a new generation of kids and people. And there is such a thing as over-preparing. He just wants to make a good impression, which is understandable. After his last one, he has a lot of making up to do to really better this impression. Actually, he was dead wrong on that 27635. And Steph, like, close. Food preparation areas must be lit to a minimum brightness of 20-foot candles of light. And Jessie's like, close? How is that close? And she's like, well, I just... Like, it's not. I was just trying to be nice. Like, that... I mean, it's not really helping. Not He doesn't really need to know these things. And Michelle's like, I got one! 27626. And he's like, okay, what is 27626? He's like, uh, let me see. That would be... Say portable water supply has to be consistent with the 1989 standard. And he's like, am I right? And Michelle's like, I don't know. I just made up a number. It's like, ugh. Right, so pretty much Miss Cook is at the door. He hustles everyone out. Out, 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 out. And they're like, oh, um. And he, Stephanie's like, are you sure you don't need any more help? And he's like, well, it's too late now. So, uh, no. And it's like, it's just me and her. Mono a woman. Alright, so he ushers her in, like, hey, it's nice to see you. And she's like, good afternoon. He has her sit down. He's like, uh, can I get you something to eat, drink, approve? And she's like, well, we'll see. <laughs> and she sits down. But Jesse does let her know that he has done some research on the club. Apparently the last major renovation done on the Smash Club was in 1986. 
That was a year before the show started. We've seen glimpses of the Smash Club between then and now. And it didn't look... If that's what that remodel was looking like, that's garbage. That Smash Club did not look like neon paint was splattered on the walls. It didn't look like any of that. Yeah, tell me in two years that thing has fallen to disrepair beyond belief. Just no way. So here we go with the codes. She's like, all right, well, then you'll have to upgrade the food preparation areas to code. So basically between 1986 and 1990, when did this episode air? 93. If there's been code, you know, changes as far as food preparation areas, then he's got to make sure everything's up to code, that you're using the correct... Everything, you know, safety, you know, when dealing with food, sanitation, all that stuff. You got to make sure you have the right equipment. The area is just 100% clean. All that stuff. I mean, I worked at, like, McDonald's, Burger King, KFC. So, definitely they wanted you to make sure. Uh, also, another thing, food prep areas, you're probably going to want to make sure you have uh, plastic gloves when you're working with the food. And he's like, right, food preparation areas, that's a good one. So... <laughs> He is assuming when she says code in food prep that he needs to find out what the code specifically is, like the number, which she's not asking for a number of what the food prep code is. She wants to make sure that his building is going to be, you guys, you get it. And he's acting like, you know, someone who's prepped all weekend for a test and as soon as you put your pencil to paper your mind goes 100% blank and we do see from the kitchen door DJ Stephanie and Michelle are peeking in checking seeing how things are going and it's just he's in his mind he's failing and it's like, oh, we were just going over that code earlier. It's actually one of my favorite codes. He's trying to stall for time as he goes over to the kitchen door. It's like, oh, don't tell me. It's one of my favorite codes. I know it like I know my address. So the girls have Michelle come in there and say, oh, well, Uncle Jesse. And he's like, yeah, what? She's like, EJ says I don't have a belly button. Can you check? And he's like, well, of course you have a belly button. And she winks at him. He lifts up the bottom of hem of her shirt and sees that they've written on a 3x5 card the code that he assumes he needs. When he stands up, she's just kind of looking at him like, where are you going here? We are having a conversation. Why are you... But like, why, like, why are, do you feel like you have to rack your brain for this coded number? Like, I'm not asking you for the number. Oh, 27635, I think that's the one that he had come up with. Yeah, food preparation. That was, uh, I think the first one. Of course, Miss Cook does not really see any of it because she's got her head down. She's, like, uh, checking off boxes and stuff like that with the paperwork on her clipboard. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 you do have a belly button. You go tell DJ that you have a belly button of an angel. And he's like, oh, by the way, that code, uh, you were wondering, that was 27635. The one that she has is, like... Um, what? <laughs> She's clearly in her head moved on from this. Like, why are you hemming and hawing about this code that I clearly didn't ask for? <laughs> <Love> her expression. <laughs> she 
she's like, I'm sure it was. So now they're going to move on to talking about maxim- maximum capacity, which you all know when you go into restaurants, sometimes they do have something on the wall, a sign that says maximum capacity, 200 people, stuff like that. Basically, she wants to know how many people can you fit into a building without it being a fire code has uh, hazard and stuff like that. You know buildings, guys, they can only fit so many people. You don't want to go over that amount, otherwise you're going to have a problem. What if there were a fire and he had too many people in there? People are going to be stampeding to get to the exit. People are going to be trampled. You don't want that to happen. All places have to have a minimum amount of how many people can be in said restaurant. I think that might even include the wait staff, the staff as well. He's like, oh yeah, maximum capacity. Good. That would be under the fire codes. Okay, so I was right. The fire codes. See, I just kind of figured it had something to do with like the fire codes. Again, he stands up. He's like, oh yeah, that's a good one too. It's funny because I was just reading about that in the, as he goes over to the kitchen, living room, dividing door and says, I was just reading about that in the uh, big red book. And of course you see in the kitchen, DJ Stephanie and Michelle are going to the Big Red Book for reference on what the maximum capacity fire code would be. Now he's going on, of course, speaking of codes in general, one of my all-time favorite codes, 07470, which is, we all know, is the zip code to Wayne, New Jersey. Well, I didn't know that myself, but thank you for, uh informing me of that. <laughs> She's just looking at him with her head tilted sideways and she is like rolling her eyes. Again, he's showing her he's not prepared because he's talking about every code that she brings up as far as fire codes, food prep codes, you know, other code, maximum capacity, all that stuff. He's listing a code number, so she's not getting the information she needs. Again, it's almost like he keeps stalling and talking about codes when all I want to know is, is the building up to code as far as the f- food prep or as far as the um, max- maximum capacity and stuff like that. She's not, you know, she's not asking for the code number. She wants to know about the building itself. Again, he like I said, in his mind, he's overprepared, but in her mind, he is clearly not prepared again. And it almost feels like she probably thinks, this guy keeps jerking me around. I get it. He wants the loan, but he doesn't seem to be taking this seriously. Any other person but her who would come to him... They would not have granted him a second interview. They would have said, you know what? This seems like a game to you, this runaround that we're doing. And I don't feel that you are necessarily... I don't feel capable. My bank surely doesn't feel capable giving you a loan when you clearly don't know what you're doing. I mean, she knows that he's clearly never owned a business before. Otherwise, he'd be up on everything he needs to be. Oh, okay. He's like, yeah, I tell people all the time. It's, it just freaks them out. It's like, it's the same forward as it is backwards. So it's a number palindrome. Okay. So Michelle again comes out with a bologna sandwich. And of course, Jesse points to his watch. Oh, would you look at that? By God, it is. After orders, I have low blood fat. So. <laughs> and has she taken her glass? She's taken her glasses off at this point. Um, 
being a, this is the second interruption. Clearly something's going on. So now <laughs> he's like, let me inspect this sandwich. It doesn't look like bologna. It looks like turkey slices. And he turns the bread around and it's got a 3x5 card on it that says 74762. Isn't that the other number that he and the kids were going over before Miss Cook got there? It's like, oh, Michelle, you know that I love brown mustard in my bologna sandwiches. And she's like, don't worry, I'll get it right tomorrow. And he's like, oh, by the way, that code that just popped in my head. Uh, 74762. And she is on to, like, what's going on with the inter interruptions and stuff like that. She's like, uh, mm. anyway, Mr. Katsopoulos, let's talk about things that are a bit more basic. <laughs> like, let's see just how far your intelligence lies. Something simple that even a caveman could give me an answer to. Oh, the financial statement. Yep, so he's actually done his homework with that. Also, he's whipped up some fl floor plans about a lot of the uh, stuff that he wants to do with the building and stuff like that. Like, I think you'll basically enjoy it. He's really, like, harping, like, uh, the, the word basically. Oh, I'm impressed. You've done your homework. So here she asks the big question. She takes off her glasses. He's like, alright, shoot. She's like, why do you want to reopen the Smash Club? And honestly, it's like, that's what he was talking to the kids about. Wanting it to be a place where kids can come and hang out without f fear of, you know, having to deal with a, over tw a 21 and over crowd or alcohol and stuff like that. And yeah, but of course, sometimes it seems to happen like you got the answer on the tip of your tongue, but it's just not, like, again, blank slate. Again, he gets up and walks over to the door like, oh, well, that's a good action, uh, question there. Why do I want to, why do I want to reopen the Smash Club? And Michelle pops her head out of the kitchen and says, what kind of bread do you want? Miss Cook is like, you know, Mr. Kasopoulos, I'm afraid this answer won't be found in a sandwich. So Michelle, like, pops her head back into the kitchen like, hold the mayo, we're busted. <laughs> Oh, he's really getting flustered. He's like, uh, alright, don't tell me. I know this one. He's like, profit margins? He's like, uh, franchising? She's like, I don't think you understand. And he's like, give me the first two letters. And she's like, Mr. Kasopoulos, I'm sorry, but I can't help you. He's clearly had enough of this display of incompetence. She gave you a second interview because she thought clearly you weren't prepared the second time around you will be and you're doing the same exact thing you were. So now she's basically like, you've wasted my time twice now. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So it's the idea of him being 100% rejected. There's no coming back from this. The Smash Club's going to be a parking lot. Well, it's going to be a uh, laundromat much, much later. And finally he's like, hey, Miss Cook, what do you want from me? And she looks at him surprised. Like, I'm, I'm not a businessman. I'm not a suit and tie kind of guy. You hear the music piped in there. It's like, look, the Smash Club just fell on my lap, all right? It's a place that I grew up with. He's like, it's a place that's close to my heart and I don't want to see it die. He's like, you know, my plan was to fix it up, you know? Introduce a whole new generation to great music. Well, today's <laughs> generation of 1993 and your generation of music, completely different things. 
kids, DJ, Stephanie, Kimmy, Steve's age, they're not going to want to listen to Jefferson Airplane. They're not going to want to listen to Elvis. They're not going to want to listen to... They'll most likely want to listen to Cher. But, um... Mamas and Papas, no. So, if you want to do... I could even see something cool. Like, you know, you have, like, the kids' music and stuff like that. What, you know, the kids are playing. Just playing, like... Like, almost like a DJ-type thing. And then eventually, you know, getting new music in there. But what about also doing tribute nights to, you know, like, Elvis Presley, um... I was going to say Michael Jackson, but it's not 2009 at this point. Um, or just like, hey, we're having a 70s night. Get dressed up in your 70s wear. We're going to have a 50s night. Get dressed up in your poodle skirts and your leather jackets. Hey, we're going to have a, well, 80s night. Get your uh, Cindy Lauper, your Madonna garb, and we're just going to have a time. Oh, we're going to have a 90s night because it's the 90s, so get in your, uh, your Beastie Boys, get in your um, Kurt Cobain, um, Weird Al, I, I don't know, outfits, stuff, stuff like that. That would be cool because that way it's not just catered to the children because you're not going to really get anywhere with that, you know, a day once in a while, but cater it to adults. Just have, Yeah. He, he heads over to the kitchen door, and this is so well planned. He's like, hey, uh, I mean, don't you think a family and their kids deserve a better place to hang out other than behind a kitchen door? And he pulls the door back, and all of the Tanner family, they are there in the kitchen door. Of course, they were eavesdropping the whole time. And Joey, of course, has got that cup. And he's like, oh, no, I'm just drinking this cup. And we do see... Stephanie, who's got um, a hand to her ear. We got Michelle, who's got, like, uh, her finger with, like, the okay, like, <laughs> to her ear. <laughs> and he, he, he's honest with like, look, Miss Cook, I don't have all the answers. It's like, you know what, Turn, go ahead and turn me down. I promise you I'm going to find a way to keep the Smash Club open. And she's like, I know you will. That's why I'm approving your loan. He's like, you're approving my loan. <laughs> He's so happy. You just hear the audience just cheer and clap for him. She is at the door. He's like, really? You're going to approve? Thank you. And she's like, your answer was exactly what I wanted to hear. It came from your heart. He's like, well, <laughs> I got the big run right. <laughs> and she <laughs> reveals, this is where she reveals, like, she actually knows Jesse from before. And she does herself have a little history with the Smash Club. So you got another thing, right, too. Uh, you're definitely not a suit and tie kind of guy. I actually prefer you in your leather vest. And he is so surprised, like, really? You uh, know I have a leather vest? She's <laughs> here the eyes like whoa. She's like, well, I've seen you perform. I used to work at the Smash Club, and right away he's like, oh yeah, you were a uh, waitress. She's a little embarrassed. She's like, <laughs> cage dancer, and she does a little whoop. And she like lifts her hand up <laughs> and does a little uh, body jiggle thing, and right away he's like kind of snapping his fingers like ginger snap. <laughs> and this is what I refer to her whenever I see her in anything else. I'm like, Ginger Snap! <laughs> you shake it, lady! You shake it! <laughs> I like how she puts her hand out and she's like, it's good to see you again, Jesse. He's 
like, yeah, nice to see you. She's like, take good care of the place. And he's like, I love when you did that whole as he puts his arm up. I love when she puts her hand to her chest like, okay, that was a little too much for me. <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip. Okay, next. Section 27635 of the health code. 7635 of the health code. Two six. Oh, that's uh, all restrooms must have self-closing doors. Am I right? Close. Food preparation areas must be lit to a minimum brightness of 20-foot candles of light. Close. How's that close? It's not. I was just trying to be nice. I've got one. 27626. 7626. Uh, that would be uh, potable water supply has to be consistent with the 1989 standard. Am, am I right? I don't know. I just made up a number. <laughs> All right. There she is. Everybody out. Come on. Thank you guys for helping. Out, 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 out. Are you sure you don't need any help? Oh, no, it's, it's, it's too late now. It's just me and her, mono a mono. <laughs> Hi. Good afternoon. Nice to see you again. Uh, won't you sit down? <clears throat> Can I get you something to eat, drink, approve? We'll see. Okay. Well, listen, I've done some research, and I found that the last major renovation done in the Smash Club was in 1986. Oh, then you'll have to upgrade the food preparation areas to code. Right. Food preparation areas. That's that's a, that's a good. Uh, you know, we were just going over that code earlier. It's uh, it's actually uh, it's actually one of my favorite codes. Don't tell me. Uh, I know it like I know my address. Uncle Jesse. Yes. What? You just said I don't have a belly button. What? Of course you have a belly button. Can't you see that I'm busy here? Could you check? <laughs> Uh, let me see. Oh, yes, you do have a belly button. Very good. You go back and tell DJ that uh, you have the belly button of an angel. <laughs> oh, by the way, that, that code you're wondering, that was uh, 27635. I'm sure it was. Uh, now, let's talk maximum capacity. Hmm? Maximum capacity, good. That would be under the fire codes, which is uh, it's, it's a good one, too. You know, it's funny, because I... Was, I was just, uh, I was just reading about the fire codes today in the uh, big red book. <laughs> okay, big red book. Big, big red, red book. book. Big red book. Yeah, speaking of codes in general, you know, one of my all-time favorite codes is zero seven four seven zero, which is we all know is the uh, zip code to Wayne, New Jersey. But you know, the odd thing about that, and I tell people it freaks them out. It's the same forward as it is backwards. It's a wacky. wacky. Would you look at the time? By God, it is. Doctor's orders. Uh, I have low blood fat, so. Uh, let me inspect that sandwich immediately, please. I have to... Uh, yeah, Michelle, you know that I love brown mustard on my bologna sandwiches. Sorry, I'll get it right tomorrow. Very good. Run along. Oh, uh, by the way, that code just popped into my head. It was uh, 74762. Mr. Katsopoulos, let's talk about things that are a bit more basic, like your financial statement. Oh, great. Very good. Well, uh, basically, it's, it's right here. It's my financial statement. Uh, uh, some basic floor plans and a basic perspective, which I think you'll basically enjoy. Oh, good. I'm very impressed. <laughs> You've done your homework. Thank you. Now, the most important question. Shoot. Why do you want to reopen the Smash Club? Uh, why do I want to reopen the Smash Club? Well, that's that is it. That's a that's a good question. Why do I want to? Why do I want to reopen the Smash Club? What kind of bread do you want, Mr. Katsopoulos? 
I'm afraid the answer to this one won't be found in a sandwich. Hold the mail, we're busted. Uh, I, 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 don't tell me, I know this one. Um, profit margins? Uh, franchising? I don't think you understand. Give me the first two letters. Mr. Katsopoulos, I can't help you. Hey, Miss Cook, what do you want from me? You know, I'm, I'm not a businessman. You know, I'm not a suit and tie kind of guy. I, the Smash Club just fell in my lap. It was a place that I grew up. It's a place that's very close to my heart, and I don't want to see it die. Now, my plan was to fix it up, you know, and introduce a whole new generation to great music. I mean, don't you think a, a family and their kids deserve a better place to hang out other than uh, behind a kitchen door? <laughs> Listen, Miss Cook, I, I don't have all the answers, so you know what? Go ahead and turn me down. But I promise you, I'm going to find a way to keep the Smash Club open. I know you will. That's why I'm approving your loan. Really? You're going you're gonna to approve the... Thank you. Your answer was exactly what I wanted to hear. It came from your heart. Yeah, well, uh, I got the big one right. Yeah. <laughs> You, you got another thing right, too. You're really not the suit and tie type. I prefer you in your leather vest. Oh, uh, how do you know I have a leather vest? Well, I've seen you perform. I used to work at the Smash Club. Really? You a waitress? Cage dancer. <laughs> Ginger Snap? It's good to see you again, Jesse. Nice to see you. Take good care of the place. Hmm? Thank you. I love when you did that with the whole thing. <laughs> When Miss Cook slash Ginger Snap did that move, you hear someone whistle. Like, dang, you get it. Oh, as soon as he, he hasn't even shut the door yet, and a um, the kitchen door just bursts open as Stephanie's like, Hey, Uncle Jesse, we couldn't help overhearing. You got the... You got the money! Like, yeah! Again with a whatcha! <laughs> DJ, you gotta put that to rest. I don't think we ever hear that whatcha! Anymore after this, and thank goodness, because... Ugh, that is a um, thing we don't need. We don't need that in our lives. <laughs> It's just, it's not a saying that needs to be anything. Of course, right away, the kids are all like, you know, DJ, you know, she's a working age. She's like, oh, I want to be a waitress. Stephanie, of course, wants to be the decorator. And Michelle is like, I can make bologna sandwiches. So, of course, they're like following him around the living room as he's like walking backwards. He's like, all right, girls, let's hold it up a minute. And they're, like, <laughs> right in his face. Like, we want a job. Like, oh, now that he owns a Smash Club, it's like, oh, it's a family. It's a, a family-owned business now. We all get to contribute. And, of course, Jesse's like, oh, I'm never going to hear the end of it from these kids. Well, you're never going to hear the end of it because Becky, Joey, and, of course, Danny all have their own suggestions. And she's like, Becky's like, oh, honey, you know what you need? A karaoke night. And of course, Joey's like, oh, I can do my stand-up routine. He's like, I can work on some new stand-up. 
Look, I'm a Martian from another planet. Becky wearing that choker. Ugh. Just chokers are just, I don't, mm, I don't like them. They're just, ugh. The only choker I ever liked on anybody on any TV show was Ryan Atwood in the OC in the pilot. He wore that leather shoelace looking choker. And then eventually that disappeared after a couple episodes. And Danny's like, hey, you need a singer? I got my ass right here. And it says in subtitles, Danny singing Wild Cherries, play that funky music. And everybody, of course, is following Jesse up the stairs singing that play that funky music. Uncle Jesse, we couldn't help what we're hearing. You got the money. <laughs> All right. What's up? Uh, yeah, well, thank you, guys. Uncle Jesse, I want to be a waitress. Yeah, let me decorate. I can make balloons, too. Don't flinch. I'm never going to hear the end of it from these kids. Well, actually, honey, you know what you need? A karaoke night. And uh, I could work on some new stand-up. Look, I'm a Martian from another planet. You need a singer? I got my axe right here. Play that funky music, quiet boy. Come on, I know this. Alright, so that was the episode. <laughs> it was just so crazy. And I just like, as an adult now, looking back at it and just the absurdity of the fact that she even gave him a loan. Just, uh, I mean, you know he's good for it. I mean, Becky and Danny work at uh, Wake Up San Francisco and stuff like that. So it's not like, and I think it's going to be really awesome. But, <laughs> I was just saying like, um... Family-owned businesses always, like, get the kids in on it and stuff like that. Like, my um, family had a um, fruit stand where they s- sold, like, uh, fruits and vegetables and stuff like that at the little uh, stand on the corner. Eventually, um, they had to, down the road, my aunt and uncle built a little one on their property. And, of course, I was too young to, you know, help out and get paid and stuff. I just remember Summers just kind of helping my grandma um, get, like, the cherries in the little, uh, you know, pint containers and stuff. And just remember how cold that water was as I was lifting, like, uh, black cherries, like, out of this big um, bowl. <laughs> So who was the best dressed for this episode? Um, I liked Jesse's maroon uh, suit jacket, but I I don't know why, but I I liked Michelle's you know her overalls with her uh, red shirt with the white flowers. I liked that. So I'd say um, Michelle and then Jesse, and then runner up can be uh, Stephanie with her. Um, blue hooded shirt that she wore. For worst outfit, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to go with Becky with that choker. That was just, I didn't like it at all. And I can't even, I wonder what, I I bet anything they would have had like the fuzzy, like the pixelated area over uh, Danny's um, sumo wrestler outfit. That little like loincloth thing. Most relatable, um, other than Jesse, like, as far as getting alone, like, when I went to, you know, get a new car, when we went for, you know, to get, you know, purchase a house, there's stuff you want to make sure that you're 
approved for a loan by the bank and all that good stuff. Um, I don't do this award very often, but the worst of the episode, hands down, is going to Michelle all the way. Because she was a spoiled brat throughout the entire, like, spoiled on top of spoiled brat. With the way she treated Nikki and Alex. I don't care if they're little kids. It's still. That doesn't. That doesn't matter. It's like they are at the end of the day. Like Becky said. They're human beings and we need to treat them with respect. So of course next Sunday is Mother's Day. And I will be uploading the first of three. In honor of Mother's Day. In honor of Pam Tanner. Episodes. It's going to be season two's Goodbye Mr. Bear. So look forward to that next Sunday, May 10th. So, you know, this was just an episode. It was a fun episode for me. So everyone have a good afternoon. I hope we have a decent week. Again, as I always say, stay home until the ban is lifted. Stay safe and stay positive. We will get through this. Bye-bye, everybody.